Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it is The Big Show on a Monday. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake coming at you live today uh, today from Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln here in Draper. 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. But really all you need to know is uh, is just west of the freeway off 114th South. Uh, come on by and say hello. We'll be talking uh, a lot about it during the show. Austin Horton producing today from our Carrier Zone Studios at Vivint Arena. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Uh, Gordon, I am currently looking at uh, a a lime green Ford Mustang that I think uh, would would impress you if you were sitting here next to me. I have no doubt that I would be impressed. <laughs> Pretty gnarly looking car. Just uh, just take about time you buy something like that. Why don't you just on a whim go over there and put your name on it? Uh, no, no, that, that not, you know, Gordon, I'm still in the stage of life where practical is a thing and that is not the most practical automobile. I've okay. Seen, so. Okay. Hold on here a second. Now, sometimes if you do something impractical, it can really turn out well. And, you know, if you have a beautiful car like that, and I, I understand that they have quite a few beautiful cars, uh, then, you know, just let, let go ahead and, and just let it flow, man. Have you ever done anything impractical like that? Not like that, no. Pl- probably plenty impractical, but not, what? not okay. a, a lavish purchase <laughs> but, like that. I, but if Jake were going to own a car like that, Gordon, let's agree, it would be a loud lime green of some sort. <laughs> oh, that's true. That definitely that definitely is true because I'm not a speeder, so I don't have to worry about uh, the, the loudness of the vehicle attracting uh, – speeding tickets i meant uh, the color yeah not the engine <laughs> well anyway it's the driving pleasure that you get from although you know a lime green i could see you doing that jake I could yeah see sure that working for you no I, um, i'm not not in the market for a for a mustang as of yet but maybe maybe i'll get there maybe i'll get there uh, austin have you ever made a purchase that was um, beyond your capability uh, yeah, but not like that. I mean, when I was in high school once, I really liked this girl that was really into Josh Groban, and so I <laughs> got some tickets on the secondary market, and I kept bidding and bidding and bidding and forgot that I didn't have that kind of money, and my parents had to help me out, and I still yeah, haven't yeah. paid them back. But. See, that that's the kind of impracticality right there that, that I've been through, the, the kind where you're like, should I get a, a PlayStation or should I eat? <laughs> And, and it's always PlayStation. And it's but... always, well, maybe I'll get that PlayStation. And uh, I don't know. There's an old jar of pickles in the fridge. Well, I can get by. <laughs> <laughs> get 
pie. You and, know? I, and I was 17 at the time. Not, yeah, right. You know. Right. That's the yeah. kind of impractical stuff that, that I've done in my life. Never, never bringing home an expensive sports car. Well, you should try it sometime. It feels pretty good. <laughs> I only have one Porsche. I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. I have a nice car. Yes, you could. You could. We could How? find a way. Legally? I'm not the person who it takes 30 minutes to come up with 10 grand cash. I mean, it just isn't it's not in the cards for me. All right, then finance it, man. Or lease it. There are ways. Yeah, go into debt, Jake. Yeah. Good advice. Thanks, Gordo. <laughs> Put your put, Sandy doesn't put need college <laughs> or food or clothes. Overrated. You know, and here, here's the thing about it. When, when well, there was one year when Lisa was uh, leaving me uh, home There's alone a, drop. a lot, <laughs> just leaving me. <laughs> she was traveling around, you know, going different places with my daughters, and. Uh, my, they, were, they took a trip. She and like three or four of my daughters took a trip to Hawaii, and they were over there on Maui for. Uh, I think they went to multiple islands, but while she was over there, I was just left here doing the show with you. And so, what did I do? I went and bought myself a sports car. <laughs> um. That's uh, that's an ongoing. Ongoing little discussion in our family that uh, she was off playing with the girls, and so I went out and bought myself a car. I love that car. Why did I ever sell it? I don't know. Anyway. You. It's good to be you, isn't it, Gordo? What? Old and broken down? And No. No. Just, just, you know, while, while the rest of the family is summering in Hawaii, you can uh, you can just bounce out and buy yourself a sports car. I mean, that's and still make of, your other bills. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, it, it's good to be you. I wish, I, I, I hope someday I can do the very same thing. It's just I don't think it would be a sports car for me. Uh, try it sometime, man. Have you ever, dri- what's the nicest car you've ever driven? Probably well, my, the Subaru Legacy is driving now. Oh, that's a nice is, car. No, I'm, I'm trying to, let's see. Uh, Ever driven an exotic? I only had a Ford, considering I'm here at a Ford store. I only had a, uh, a Ford once, and it was for a very brief period. But I did enjoy it for that very brief period. I'm telling you right now, Ford has made some exotic cars through the years, some really fast cars, too. Uh, I just wondered, because if you go out and experience a really fine driving uh, situation you you will change your it will change your mind about you know you always tease me about wanting to impress people and all this stuff that's totally false uh, but once you you have that driving experience you want to go out and not be silly uh, not not buy anything that would uh, put your family <laughs> put your household in financial distress but you you will want that driving experience because it's 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 really enjoyable so i'm sitting sounds in like the, that car you're sitting right next to a car that probably would provide that i'm also sitting uh, right next to a lincoln and uh, lincoln's uh, uh remind me of my uncle as, uh who who has since passed unfortunately but uh he, when he at least for a period of time in his life whenever he'd rent a car it would be a lincoln town car because he loved rolling around town in a Lincoln Town car. That's a that's a nice, comfortable ride. Yeah, yeah, loved it. I remember when I was a kid, he'd pull up 
uh, to our house in a Lincoln Town car and be like, all right, Uncle Dan's here, looking smooth. I had a friend once in Los Angeles. One up. Who he he <laughs> he was trying to decide whether he should buy a Mercedes or buy a Lincoln Town car and hire a driver to drive him around so he could do his his take care of his business in the back seat. <laughs> I mean, what does that business. mean? No, I mean real. You know, he was in commercial real estate. Uh huh. And uh, he felt like he wasted a lot of time in traffic. So he wanted to hire a driver to cart him around. And he said he could do it for about the same price. Which would you go for? The bus. <laughs> if I'd you move. had the money, if you had the money and you could have and you could have a really nice car or you could have a car that might not be quite as expensive but you, a driver comes with it i don't have any desire to have a driver and if that were truly an issue in my life i i would find somewhere else to live i don't know how people deal with that that kind of traffic and just wasting that amount of time of their lives just sitting there i just couldn't i just couldn't do it that's me personally but that's, well, he was like making in, a lot he was making really good money living there by doing what he was doing all right, I got you. Uh, but if you know, if you have enough money to have a driver, uh, you probably have some flexibility in your living situation. But uh, I, uh, you know, buy a helicopter. How about that? Whatever works. Yeah, but then you have to learn to be a pilot and all that stuff. Unless you're going to hire a pilot. Ah, how hard can that be? Yeah, right. You know, we're talking uh, Uber buckage here. Uh, but no, I, uh, it's the same reason I couldn't live in New York City, because I actually want a car. I don't know how people just, uh, you know, give up that kind of flexibility of their life, but I'm, I'm in no interest to do that. But I also don't want to uh, live somewhere where I spend half my life in traffic. Remember what our boy uh, Kevin Graham told us his commute was when he was working in New York, in New York City? He was like, he was like commuting, commuting, what was it, like three, four hours a day. It's madness. Well, he lived in Egypt, though. I mean, he was way far out there. Right, but you have to sit in traffic to get to the train and then onto the train yeah, to get yeah. to the wherever. Yeah. Oh, just uh, I'm driving myself bananas just thinking about it. Yep. But then again, That's... we have dear friends who love living in New York City and love that whole thing, but mm -hmm. I'll pass. That's one of the real – when I lived in L.A., I had a friend who was living you out lived here. You lived in L.A.? But his, he was, his, his commute was uh, like five I minutes. Love L.A. His commute was five minutes each way, and I had such envy for that. Exactly. I mean, I was driving. I was driving all over all those freeways that you guys loved. You had minutes envy, huh? Yeah, you 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 took uh, our friend Kevin Graham on a tour of it once. Uh, I love I LA. The Gordon Monson reality tour. <laughs> I am so sorry I did that. <laughs> Here's the, here's the Seven uh, Eleven where I had uh, uh, often stop for gasoline. I love LA. <laughs> Over there, the Dollar Theater would go to on the weekends. I love LA. Very nice spot. Very nice spot. All right, uh, Gordon, we uh, we have a very busy day planned on the show today. We're going to talk uh, a lot of uh, NBA basketball. We'll mix in uh, some college football, of course, as well. But uh, this is a, just a giant week. Uh, for the NBA. Eric Pincus is going to join us at uh, 3. He works for Basketball Insiders, kind of a specialist when it comes to the Caps. So good person to talk to about what's going to happen here this offseason. Uh, Frank Dolce, 
joins the show at 4. Our good friend Tanner Mangum at 5. Today's a really good day, though, to, to talk to Frank uh, over the weekend. Unfortunately, uh, the passing of longtime voice of the Utes, Bill Marcroft. And uh, Frank obviously uh, worked closely uh, with Bill. So a uh, good day to talk to talk to Frank. And, you know, Gordon, uh, Bill paid a, a remote, remember this, a couple of years ago where he, he uh, I can't remember where we were, but he dropped by on one of our remotes. He, it was just a, a very nice man. That was unfortunate news over the weekend. Oh, well, Bill, I mean, Bill is, uh, Bill and Paul James, those guys, they, they, they're just uh, that sort of a, a uh, what a, a generation that is uh, memorable for a lot of reasons. A lot of sports fans here in this market and around this state have fond memories of Bill, no doubt about that. Paul too, and uh, two Giants who have passed on. I think Bill. I think Paul was that. Was Paul about a year ago? Or was that more than that? You know how the. the I think it was a little come. more than that. Was but it? he, uh, another very nice man. Yeah, and Bill was terrific and meant a lot to a lot of youth fans. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, uh, 2018, by the way, is when when Paul passed away, and yeah, yeah a lot of uh, very nice tributes online over the weekend, and uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, this. Uh, we lost another one this year, and that that one stings a little bit. So, yeah, uh, Bill, it, it, Bill was Bill had a good run though, eighty nine years old, and uh, that's uh, that, that's doing pretty well, and he lived a good one. So good for him. He was so uh, you know he retired I think in like oh four or something, but he's one of those guys who you'd see around. He'd be at the games, and you could talk to him, carry on conversations. Of course, he had that encyclopedia. Uh, type knowledge of everything that had ever happened. And so that was always fun to go down memory lane with Bill. Yeah, no doubt about it. So a uh, great day to talk to, to Frank. Uh, maybe we'll get some, some stories and some memories from Frank Dolce coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. So very busy day. Uh, Gordon, I'm here at uh, Larry H. Miller Ford Lincoln in Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. It's actually very easy to get to. Just jump off the freeway off the 114th South exit, and we're uh, just west of, of I-15. It is super easy uh, to find a beautiful uh, dealership, by the way. This is my first time here. This, this place is gorgeous. Uh, uh, so come on by. They've got all sorts of things going on. Uh, winter, of course, is here. And Larry H. Miller and Draper, as you covered, with Utah's largest selection of all-wheel drive and 4x4 Ford and Lincolns to keep your family safe and on, on the road this winter. Come down and let the team here at Larry H. Miller Ford find the perfect vehicle for your family and budget. And uh, they're doing everything down here very consciously. They have a booth where you can check in, and, and uh, they're going to make sure and take very, very good care of you, of course. So come on down and see us. Uh, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Up next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. You're locked on to the big show presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today is Prince, selected by our friend Sean Smither who uh, is our on-site engineer for today. It's brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. 
He had a very, you know, some uh, Super Bowl performances are memorable for different reasons, Gordon. But uh, Prince is uh, playing uh, Purple Rain in the rain at the Miami Super Bowl was <laughs> was pretty amazing. Yeah, I don't really remember. I remember it vaguely, but I really don't remember it specifically because I, I never really pay that close attention to the halftime show. Right. Well, way to be a huge downer. No, I just don't, don't be in a downer. I just I don't commit it to memory. I'll say it that way. A pretty incredible performance by a, a legend where it rains once a decade in Miami. <laughs> and it it's, rains it's much, raining it rains during much the... more than that. It rains every day in Miami. I know, for... I know. But, I mean, it seemed so un- unlikely that it would be raining. That was a great performance, and especially driven home uh, by uh, him leaving us too early. Yeah, One well, of the last sure. legendary performances from Prince, uh, I would say. Uh, was the rain purple? Uh, no, you know, not that could, I They could have created that with some purple lighting. All right. Nothing's I don't even know. Anymore. What is purple rain? What does it mean? Well, uh, read the lyrics to the song, Gordon. <laughs> I'm not so sure. It's probably based on uh, your interpretation. It's always drugs. <laughs> the answer's just drugs. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well. Should, should we get to some uh, basketball? Should we, uh, should we well, talk well, some hoop? Well, yeah, let's do All it. All right. It's time for the split story. Austin? Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Jazz General Manager Justin Zanuck with us. Can jazz fans expect anything big? happening this offseason? Well, we're still about, you know, what, a week, uh, less than a week away from the draft. You know, like I said, the transaction window is not even open yet. So, you know, that normally happens late draft period uh, during free agency. They all come in a rush. Um, Scenarios that I may not have any idea about right now, other than in in a theoretical sense, may come to fruition two days from now. Um, and so what we spend our time doing preparing for the transaction window is being able to make um, timely decisions more that like we've got to be prepared for anything. And if, if 2020 has shown <laughs> any of us that we need to be prepared for literally sort of the late draft rush of phone calls and intel gathering and positioning for free agency and all those things of what we can expect and then just be ready to execute on that when when things come our way. There you go. That's Justin Zanuck from the big show as uh, Gordon. Uh, to steal Bowler's phrase, buckle up, because it's going to be wild here in the NBA for the next uh, uh, couple of weeks and certainly already off to a, a big start with a big trade in the NBA, which we'll get to uh, coming up here momentarily. But we've got the draft on Wednesday. Free agency uh, believes or begins Friday, I believe. I mean, things are about to get real nuts real fast. Yeah, they are. And as you mentioned, it's condensed in a way that – it's going to be kind of fun to see what uh, what changes are in store. Uh, I sorry for letting the air out of the out of your out of the balloon there on that last segment there, Jake. Uh, yeah, that's a so great performance and all, but yeah. why would I care about the <laughs> Super Bowl halftime show? <laughs> I hate it when you I hate it when you do that to me when I when I say something I'm all excited about it and you go, oh yeah, great, okay. 
Why, why should I care about that? <laughs> I know. It's the worst, isn't it? <laughs> why would anybody right. possibly care about this? <laughs> See, okay, so I apologize. Uh, yeah, this is one thing that every sports fan in this state will be keenly uh, interested in is uh, is what's going to happen here with uh, with the NBA and with uh, already these trades that are coming down. Uh, it's it's going to be fun to see what what major changes are made, and even some of the minor changes might be impactful. So yeah, we're all paying attention. Let's talk uh, a little bit about the big trade today, Gordon. Uh, yeah. Chris Paul is on the move, and we can get into the nuts and bolts of the trade here in a second. But um, I actually I, I'm not a huge fan of Chris Paul. I find, find him obnoxious. But I really like this deal for pretty much all involved. Mm-hmm. I think this makes Phoenix a better team overnight. And they've got kind of a a, a culture builder type of personality, it, you know, not unlike Jimmy Butler in Miami. This, it, you know, Chris Paul should be immovable with that contract, and he's never going to be worth that kind of money. But he could have a, a, a pretty dramatic impact on the Suns, I think. Well, with the guys that they have on that, those young guys, they need – Somebody. One thing about Chris Paul, you might not like his certain attitudes about things, but uh, he's a competitor for sure. And uh, I think that's what they need down there, uh, that kind of guiding hand, competitively speaking. And, uh, yeah, so I, I really like that. Typically, I like the deal better for whoever's getting the better player. Now, every once in a while you see, you know, uh, these trades that someone stocks up pretty nicely. And, uh, you know, they're pretty smart there in OKC. They're, they're getting something in return, but but I like it. I like it for the Suns. And I, the Suns won't be, I think, a contender, but they will, they're going to be a pain in the butt this year. I think they make the playoffs. Yeah. This is another, another hurdle the Jazz are going to face uh, in the West. It's, it's the, the Suns just got tougher. Now, there, there are some players involved, Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the big prize really for Oklahoma City is, the, is a 2022 first-round draft pick. Um, that's, I mean, that's what they're doing, Gordon. They're acquiring draft picks like it's going out of style. It's, it's actually pretty amazing. Um, they're going to, over the next, get this, Gordon, all right? Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder first-round draft picks over the next seven drafts. You ready? Oh, boy, here we go. 2020-2, meaning they have 16 first-round draft picks in the next seven drafts. That's so they incredible. Will, yes, it is, and they, they will have to emphasize. I hope they have somebody there who is a great evaluator of talent because that will be – it's always important to every team. I get that. But when you have that kind of, that kind of selection power – you better be picking the right guys. Well, they're gonna they're gonna flip the vast majority of those, I would think, into other players. So you think they're just gonna use it as an asset and trade? Huh? Well, not not entirely. I mean, I'm sure they're a rebuilding team. They're they're gonna take advantage of some of those firsts, but those, you know, they're gonna move some of those firsts to 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 acquire some other young players too. I mean, they'd be well. There's no way they make those 16 picks, but they'd be crazy to do so. Yeah, uh, that's typically what teams do. I think when you have three first-round picks, yeah, you're, you're moving sign three something. guys. Although, although you're, you know, generally speaking, 
yeah, if you make the right picks, you're getting value for the dollar relative to what other guys in the league make. But uh, yeah, that's only if you pick the right guys. So we'll uh, see Ricky, how that goes for. Ricky Rubio tweeted out a tweet. Uh, dot dot dot. What a business! Upside down smiley face. Don't look now, Gordon. But Ricky Rubio's feelings are hurt again. They are, but you can understand it to some extent. I mean, he's he's a longtime pro, and he's oh, he's been playing basketball, professional basketball, since he's what fourteen or something, mm-hmm. and he, he understands it. But that doesn't make it any easier because the nature of the game is for coaches to request from the players to pour their heart and soul into what's going on with that team, and we know Ricky Rubio did that with the Jazz, and he's. He, he did it with the Suns, and, and so it hurts. It hurts suddenly when you're when they say, "Okay, uh, the good news is somebody else wants you. The bad news is we don't." <laughs> well, I don't know if Oklahoma City really wants him either. Well, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I mean, that's I the hard part. Want. That's the hard part about being a, a veteran who's making a fairly healthy paycheck. Because you're valuable when it comes to trades. I mean, we we've seen various players over the years that just are basically a professional trade asset. They just move from team to team to team because they make enough money that they make things work. Okay, Jim Crowder so me, was that. Uh, for okay, a bit. so let me back that conversation up. You know, uh, the, the bad news is that uh, we're going to trade you, and it's the even worse news is that we're treating you to a team that doesn't want you either. <laughs> That's it. Bingo. <laughs> I got some bad news for you. That, that you're, you don't really fit into what they're doing either. So, <laughs> Because you don't fit in anywhere. But I, 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 Ricky Rubio has his place. He's just not good enough to be, you know, for teams to, you know, not consider not having him on the team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to put it as nicely as I possibly can. He's good enough to be a, a solid contributor in the NBA, but he's not quite good enough to be, you know, they, they don't hang up the phone automatically when a team says, uh, how about Ricky Rubio? In fact, quite the opposite. Like, <laughs> they're, they're somewhat excited to include him in the, in the uh, You know, he did a nice job at the Jazz. He just, you know, on certain occasions couldn't shoot straight. But He's know, just a, I mean, he's a, he's a flawed meow. player. I mean, he's he's like 99% of the rest of the league. I mean, he's got his flaws, and there's a reason he's not an all-NBA guy. Yeah, yeah. But I think a guy like that can make a difference in the right setting. Oh, you take him as your backup, you know, to backup Chris Paul? point guard uh, for sure. <laughs> wow. Hmm. But Chris Paul, I mean, it, Chris Paul's going to go in there with a the clout. You know, you've heard the rumors uh, surrounding uh, you've heard the rumors surrounding um, Devin Booker and kind of his attitude issues sometimes, probably mm-hmm. just as much as I have. And, yeah. and I don't know, they're just rumors. But if, if in that indeed you're building around uh, a, a player like that, having a mentor that can come in and, and show him how to do it right, I think there's a lot yeah. of value there. And he did that at Oklahoma City. And he can do that for Phoenix. Chris Paul might have carved out a little niche for himself. Where, if, hey, bring bring this veteran aboard, and you're not going to like his paycheck, but he's going to establish a culture in your franchise. What if uh, Devin Booker takes the worst aspects of Chris Paul instead of the best? Oh man, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that because he's <laughs> already knows? kind of a he's already kind of a whiner. 
uh, with the referees, Devin Booker is, is that problem going to be magnified? Yeah, he does. He, I don't know if this is fair or not, but he does seem to, to complain about certain things that well, aren't going his I way. Mean, here's something we know about Devin Booker. He's the type of guy that's going to check himself back into a game that they've already <laughs> lost just his so he can stats. get his – what was it, for to get to 50? Something and because, like that. And because the crowd had the had the gall to cheer for Jimmer Fredette, he calls to his head coach and says, Coach, I'm going back in. So we know that first person oh, about, uh, about Devin Booker. I couldn't believe yeah, it when but, he did that. But Chris Paul in that – see, that's the kind of thing that I think Chris Paul will straighten him out. You know, that's that would not, be the hope. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. What's most important in a competitive sense on the floor? Now, after a game, he might find a back hallway into the opponent's uh, locker room to stir things up. Yeah, Chris Paul know. is a bit of a psycho. That's true. Do you remember that but, story when that story came out? It's like, what kind of psychopath does this sort of thing in the NBA? <laughs> that's like unheard of. That's, that's kind of a <laughs> that's kind of a rough characterization, but. Well, in, in uh, let's see, in a in an arena uh, where uh, security comes at a premium and uh, <laughs> law enforcement definitely has a presence, you're going to go uh, and you're a, you're an NBA team. You're going to sneak into the other team's locker room and start a brawl, or or I don't know what his end game was in that. But yeah, at what point? Either. At what point did somebody involved not stop for one second and go, guys, wait a minute here, this is the dumbest thing we've ever come up with. <laughs> yeah. Whose bad I idea know. was this? But I would take a guy like, well, I mean, the paycheck is what it is. But uh, for the overall effect on a younger team, I, I think Chris Paul is, you could do a lot worse than that. He had a real positive effect on Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so and just like Jimmy, Jimmy Butler did in Miami, where sometimes, you know, um, personalities to rub people the wrong way you know in the long term i was talking to, to sean uh, about this before the the show started with with jim harbaugh but those types of personalities like they get old right and especially with veteran players i'm sure they look at chris paul's act and kind of roll their eyes but with a young team uh that's that's kind of looking for that type of leadership you know that could be effective now i don't think he's gonna uh, obviously last there five years but in the short term i think he could probably do some things for you no, I, do. I definitely think the Suns are going to be a bigger challenge for the Jazz than they would have been otherwise, for sure. There's no doubt about that. And from a Jazz fan perspective, that's that's all folks care about. He's he's uh, he's going to create problems with the Suns. I don't know what the the Thunder. I, I don't know what they're going to look like because I think both you and I underestimated what they were going to accomplish this last year. You know. So, you're, well, we'll you're s- never sure, but but the West is is tough, and now it's tougher still. Of course, he was already in the West, but you know what I'm saying. What are your thoughts on um, the now officially official, official, officially official? James Harden wants out of Houston, yes, and he wants Nets. to go to Brooklyn. Yeah, I I've really been reading a lot about that this morning and trying to decide where I am on it. I've seen arguments in both directions. I saw one guy that said he he was against it because even though you have three star superstar type players, there's only one ball and how are they gonna and and those all those guys are ball dominant, you know, all three of them: James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So how is that going to work out if they did it? 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I I think I would if I could get James Harden, I would I would go ahead with that. He's such a brilliant offensive player, and I know there are concessions that need to be made, but it's one thing for. You know, uh, some some lesser player to be making uh, some sort of demands. It's something else when it's Kevin Durant saying, "Hey, James, look, we've played together before. You know what I who I am, what I'm about. Uh, let's uh, let's see if we can divide that ball up in an appropriate manner." Uh, because Kevin Durant, there are those who would say he's better than James Harden. And you can't say that about very many teams that James Harden would be on. The other complaint would be who's going to play defense on that team? No, nobody. I, I think it would be disastrous. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see it happen, but I, I don't think it would be successful. Who's going to play, play defense? Th- and who, where's the depth on that team? Because it'd be about those three guys. How, and they're huge. They're huge factors, but, uh, you know, I, I would too. I would find it fascinating. Absolutely fascinating to to put uh, to see how long the guy uh, who famously said when asked by a coach to to make plays for a teammate, that's number 23's job, referring to LeBron James. The guy who said that, how long is it going to take for that guy to complain standing there in the corner watching James Harden let the air out of the ball? How long how long is that going to last? I would love well, to know. I, w- I would love well, to know how long Kyrie Irving would sit there and go, you know what, watching James Harden play basketball is great fun. <laughs> I'm really having a killer time. Uh, I'm, I'm standing here in the corner. I don't even have to run. You know, he's doing all the dribbling, and uh, this is this is terrific. I mean, how long is that going to last? Now, again, I want to find out. Well, James Harden would have to change. Okay. Change uh, a little okay. bit. Well, he's got Kevin Durant over there too. He, you know, he's got Kevin Durant. So, so let me get this straight. You're going to take the guy who David Locke and all the the analytics people call the greatest offensive basketball player to ever play the game. <laughs> You're going to pull that guy aside and go, "Hey, you should change what you do." Yeah, you should change. <laughs> That's never happening. But I want to see it tried. Sure. Why? I want to, why I want to see want... the? I want to see it collapse, just like the if next the, guy. Hold on. If these guys haven't had some conversations amongst themselves already, oh, the, the road to, to to whatever is paved with good intentions. Gordon, you know that. <laughs> yeah, they're all. That buddies, sounds like. It sounds like a line that didn't your dad used to tell you? <laughs> all our dads told us that. Yeah, no, they're all, you know, hanging out, having beers and going, hey, guess what? All three of us are really good at basketball. Can you imagine how good all three of us would be together? Yeah, man, that would be awesome without really contemplating what it means. Yeah, I, I, I buy that, that they have good intentions going in. The Nets so tried this before with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and who, and uh, uh, what's his face? Joe yeah, Johnson, the, or who was I? Yeah, remember. but by that time, those guys were kind were of very the hill. Well, you know, you can make an argument that uh, Kevin Durant might not be the same player coming back, but I, yeah, just I want to see it because it would be a disaster. It, it really would. I mean, I'm Russell, not. I'm not as sure. I'm not as sure that it would be a disaster. Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Remember the storyline going into last year? Oh, these guys are the best of friends. My goodness, they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> probably room together on the road. I mean, they're really <laughs> going Matching to make tattoos. it work. Hmm. Russell Westbrook is gonna finally turn into Isaiah Thomas, and this is just gonna be an incredible thing to watch. <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> and now both of them are requesting a trade so that they could be somewhere else. And you know who's really good and has shown to be really good through his career in bringing teammates together is Kyrie Irving. Oh, t- yeah, totally. He is a, mean, he's a peacemaker. He is a peacemaker. He's a Bond, a locker room glue guy, really. Oh, man, I, I want to see it. And the the poor coach that would be designed to uh, or, or charged with getting Steve everybody Nash. to pull in the right direction is Steve Nash, who is, has zero coaching experience. Who Kyrie Irving already said, he's not really the head coach I am. Phil Jackson. <laughs> Phil Jackson couldn't, couldn't uh, coach that team. Uh, couldn't figure out a way to, to reach those players. Right now we're back and be like, oh, I'll do something else. <laughs> there's, no, there's no But I want to see it. I want to see it. And Austin makes a great point that, that they've already said, well, there's really four head coaches of this team. <laughs> or three I mean, or whatever during, he said. That'd be funny. Uh, during, the t- during the timeouts, they go over and everything, they vote amongst themselves what the play is going to be. I mean, it's I like Survivor, to- where they turn to the camera with the play that they've chosen to run. No, you know what I think they're doing? I think they're going to do that hand, that uh, rock, paper, scissors thing. <laughs> Rochambeau for the play. Rochambeau, <laughs> But in order with those three players, all right, and and Kevin Durant can make some hay without being so ball dominant, but let's not pretend like he he really wants to stand there and not have the basketball. In order for that to work, they'd have to do something like they did in Oklahoma City with with Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, where they just take turns having possessions. But I (laughs) I I mean, when has that worked? I mean, it almost worked in Oklahoma City, I guess, but. I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems like there'd be a lot of conflict there. It would depend on the attitude of the players and uh, and whether you think. I have to believe that uh, James Harden would would find a way, at least at times, to acquiesce to Kevin Durant. Now, Kyrie <laughs> Irving. But he's Kevin Durant for crying he's out loud. James Harden for crying I out know, loud. This I know. I know. He's, he's this is how he won an MVP award. <laughs> playing the way that he plays. Yeah, but see, he's not. He, I, I, he's I think, not what? I think, why does he want to go to Brooklyn? He want, because, He wants to win. Because he wants crazy. to win. He's he, getting paid the same amount. He could. He could be the MVP somewhere else. If do you think he really wants to join the Nets to be to absolutely dominate the team and say, hey, the rest of you, KD, you you can just take a seat over there. I, I got this. Yes. Well, then why he can do that anywhere? Why is he got to go to the Nets to do that? Because he's convinced himself the reason he hasn't won an NBA title is because his teammates aren't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe he should do what you're talking about if he wants to win a title, but I don't. Eh, you know. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think he I don't think he would do that. And, uh, by okay, the way, I so... don't think I don't think Kyrie Irving is going to do that already. Yes. So which of the three is going to be the biggest troublemaker? Well, this deal hasn't gone down quite yet. So if, but, it, if uh, it were to go down. Uh, who would be the biggest troublemaker? It's what Kyrie. Would you mean by trouble? Probably because, Kyrie, I guess. Cause he's okay, so if, down. You're, if, you're, if you're comparing sizes of wallets, <laughs> then uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden make about both $40 million each, right? Isn't it about that? And then uh, Kyrie, I think, is down around 32 How does he get by? Yeah, but Kyrie already is is motivated to be even more Kyrie because he looks so bad for what happened in Boston. The yeah, team got you, better you, when he left wait, it. Yeah, but wouldn't you be motivated to learn a little something from that? Okay. 
<laughs> you can keep spinning it, Gordon. Go ahead. About, no, no, you know, I mean, and, and if it happens and it actually works, I'd be more than happy to give you uh, all sorts of credit. But so I don't what, think you're, what you're saying is that the Nets will be better without James Harden than they would be with him. Well, it depends on what they had to give up to get him and how much they'd have left to spend on other players because, as you point out, it would be essentially a three-man team at that point, which almost worked in Miami LeBron's first year. But also Chris Bosh talks famously about how he had to intentionally take a step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder which one would be most likely to take a step back. Hmm. None of the above. <laughs> I hope it happens just because I want to see. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I, I would find that fascinating. To seriously answer your question, though, the, is probably Kevin Durant because he's kind of done that before, playing for those Warriors teams. But those oh, Warriors, but he still was dominant. He still was a yes, he was. Scorer. Yes, he was. And the philosophy on those teams was very unselfish. Share the ball. Yeah. yeah, right. I don't think that that would be a similar philosophy here. But if I had to answer your question, be Kevin Durant. But is he the guy you would want to take a step back? No. No. No, he's probably, I don't know, as great as Harden is, is, is Kevin Durant more efficient? Oh, I don't know uh, if well, no, not. What did Locke drop on us the other day? He's like the most efficient basketball yeah, player I, in the history of whatever. Well, Kevin but Durant I, I don't, can't be too far behind one way or the other. Well, and, and nor should these decisions be made based, uh, based on analytics alone. The problem, the problem with a guy like James Harden is, and people always talk about, well, look how many assists he gets, but he gets the assists on his terms. Right. You know? And so how would that fly with these other two players? I, I, well. It's risky. I, I would have to have a conversation with each one of them before I would make that deal, but it's, it's always hard to, to walk away from an opportunity to have three superstar players on your I'll, roster. I'll reiterate it, Gordon. The road to Cleveland is paved with good intentions. Okay. I want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, live from Larry H. Miller Ford Lincoln, right here in Draper, just off I-15 and 114th South Exit, just west of the freeway. Come see us. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're hanging out live, Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln here in Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway, or really just 114 South and uh, west of I-15. Come on out and uh, and uh, pay us a visit. Uh, Gordon, we'll get into more college football coming up a little later on in the show. We've got Eric Pincus at the top of the 3 o'clock hour to talk some NBA offseason. But uh, quickly, your thoughts on uh, Jason Shelley no longer being a quarterback at uh, Utah State. 
Yeah, that's one of those situations that it's hard to account for or or to plan for when your starting quarterback is now dismissed, not even suspended, but absolutely dismissed from your team. Well, it seems like that door was slammed shut pretty uh, pretty solid. So, what are you going to do now? What 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 are you going to do? I I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter in a season like this where Utah State looks pretty hapless all the way around. So maybe you can train up another quarterback. Well, including Jason Shelley, who was not playing well by any standards. I I expected right. him to be I expected him to be a lot better at Utah State. Yeah. I don't know if I expected him to to you know be the ne- second coming of Jordan Love, but I mean a guy who's who's able to to win some Pac-12 games and uh and beat Oregon the way that he did a couple of years ago and then to just not have it at Utah State. I don't know if it was so, a bad fit or, or he forgot yeah. how to play quarterback or what, but it was not going well. The, uh, in, I, we can, maybe we can ask Tanner about this later when he joins us, but uh, a quarterback has to have weapons around him, right, in order to, to look good. And uh, I, I don't know where you want to draw that line as far as division of blame goes, whether it was – him or whether it was his receivers or whether it was the line or, or what. Uh, there were problems I can, I everywhere. Can take a guess of what Jason Shelley would tell you. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> fault. Everybody else's fault. Well, he was he was visibly uh, upset. I mean, he was very demonstrative uh, demonstrative at the end of that game on the sidelines. Uh, listening to Scotty earlier said uh, uh, word is that uh, that may have continued in the locker room a little bit. Um, it's, it's tough when things go south with your teammates. And, again, I don't know for sure uh, if that was the case, but it was not going well. Whatever wasn't working really wasn't working. So do you think that's the, uh, that's the extent of it? Do you think it was because of what happened on the field? Oh, I, if, I, if Jason Shelley were balling out, do I think he'd still be on the Aggies today? Probably. Boy, but I don't it's, know. It's, Maybe it was some off-the-field incident that caused it. I, I don't really know. They just said violation of team, team rules. rules. We we really don't know. Uh, we really don't know based on on how vague that is. But uh, if if it <laughs> if it was based on some language or something that was uh, communicated from player to coaches or coaches to player and back and forth and back and forth, that that's not a good look. Man, something I understand that that frustrations are running high, but you can't have that kind of breakdown. Even and I understand that being competitive is important, and you got to have some fire in the belly. But you can't you can't implode like that. And I and I don't know I don't know enough about the situation to to point the finger at anybody. But man, it seems like between the coaches and the player, you should be able to keep that under control. And obviously something happened, whatever it was. that, Or maybe it was a combination of things, Jake, like you were saying. All right, Gordon, I want you real quick, real quick exercise, and then we've got Eric Pinkus coming up next. I want you to hearken way back, all right? Go way, way back in the memory all the way to two weeks ago. What if I would have told you two weeks ago that in two weeks' time, Utah State will have parted ways with their head coach and cut their quarterback? <laughs> Uh, I would have thought, oh, they're they're winless. That's what I would have thought. <laughs> There's no way anybody would have predicted that. You know what? Two weeks from now, 
Gary will be gone, and they'll just cut Jason Shelley. How often do you cut your starting quarterback in the middle of a season? Yeah, this is a this is a season that is quite unique. Can you imagine uh, when when Riley Nelson finally uh, beat out Jake Heaps if they just cut him the next week <laughs> after that Utah State game? Uh, they're like, yeah, we're going to go with Riley and, and uh, just want to announce that we've cut Jake Heaps. Well, it's just like what you say when when a, when a player is traded away or something. It's it's not uh, particularly positive news when a team thinks it's better without you than with you. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. Eric Pincus of Basketball Insiders joins the show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.